بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين ولا عاقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين وصلوات الله وسلامه على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين اللهم لا سهل إلا ما جعلته سهلا وأنت تجل الحزن إذا شئت سهلا اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك يا رب الكريم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Right, folks, so today, inshallah, I want to try and cover quite a few pages, uh, if possible, because last week I didn't really get to do as much as I wanted to, and it was content which is quite easy. I want to get through some of the scenarios um, where a person um, comes up to another one who is leading the prayer, and what happens? Um, can a person who's praying in a masjid, when people come up to him and they want him to change the intention, yeah, any various scenarios of the intention changing while still in the act of the prayer itself, that's what we want to look at. And specifically, I also want to get to the section of um, something which is uh, I find very interesting. Those examples or those um, times where it's possible to leave the prayer when you're, le- when you're praying behind an imam. Okay? And what happens, yani, on what basis can that happen? So let's have the text then, Shaz. So... Uh, we finished in Mumtah, we got halfway down 304, we gave four different scenarios, that's the, the last thing that we did, 304. So it will be now, uh, yeah. This is the third line from the bottom in the text of Arabic. We're not going to get there, so that doesn't matter. Leave that. Come down. Uh, so uh, it is uh, up. It is obligatory. Up, up. It is obligatory. Yeah. It is obligatory for the imam to intend to be an imam and for the, for the follower to intend to be a follower. It is not valid for the one praying alone to decide to become a follower. Just like it is not valid for him to decide to lead an obligatory prayer okay focus on the obligatory focus on the person who's praying alone it is not valid for a follower follower again keep in mind you're in the chapter of the prayer so we're talking about a person who is being led in salah okay it is not valid for a follower to convert to praying alone without legal excuse if we can do this that'd be enough for today all right that's that's a huge amount number of pages all right so let's jump straight in uh, it's obligatory for the imam to intend to be an imam. The jama'ah is an extra addition upon the prayer. The prayer is complete without a jama'ah. So when we say that the prayer is ob- when we say the jama'ah is obligatory, we do not say the the, the jama'ah is obligatory in the prayer. The salah, Sheikh Uthameen makes a grammatical point. He says the jama'ah is obligatory for the prayer for those people who consider the jama'ah to be an obligation. The hanabila. We're not coming to this yet because we're not. This is actually not the chapter of the congregational prayer that comes up much later. Okay, in the book of Salah proper, proper. Yeah, uh, but when we come to that, you'll see that the Hanbalis consider the Jama'ah to be an obligation, right? And just quick note on that. Obviously, there are a number of famous hadith. These are the. This is knowledge which everyone's aware of. You know, the kind of hadith that if it wasn't for the people in the house, I would have burnt the houses down because they're not going. What's wrong with the people that don't go? If they knew that there was a bone that had meat on it, they would come and they'd run to it and they'd go to the front row. If they knew the khair of the salah, then they'd come crawling. You heard all these hadith. The one who prays the jama'ah in the uh, in nighttime, he gets the half the night reward. And Shaykh Abdul Ghaffar, very strong on this, keeps reminding us again and again and again how important it is to pray the obligatory prayer. Not the reward. 
but the legal aspects, I'm not even getting into the social and psychological aspects because those, I think now, are actually more important. Okay, so you know, people, make an, people make a judgment call on what they want to do based upon things that they relate to. Some people say, you know what it is, I'm down on my week in good deeds, I want to go and earn an extra easy 27, so I'll increase my prayer at least, I'll go and see someone, I'll stop along the way, I might visit a sick person. You know, the people tie in in a, in a kind of like a financial transaction, they see as a as a, an investment that I need to make some reward. Other people are very legal, they say that this is what I learned, now I'm not going to miss a prayer. You know, people got different reasons. So I'm saying that sometimes when a teacher is trying to focus on what to reel a people in, okay, what bait to use, uh, the bait will, will change. I'm telling you now that it's not the reward or the legal aspect that people need to attend. Actually, I believe now it's an aqidah issue. I'm seeing so clear proof now in my time that the people who do not attend the jama'ah and are not regular in the masjid, they're all over the place in their deen. All over the place. I don't mean practice. I don't mean diana. I don't mean religiosity. I mean aqidah. Because they're not around people... They're not around the Qur'an. They're not listening to the Qur'an regularly. They lose touch with the Qur'an and then they get questions and when they, you know, people ask things and say things, they just don't have the barakah of being around Muslims and they, they suffer. And I, I mean that very, very socially. But anyway, I didn't, I didn't want to get into that because that's in the chapter of congregation. What I do want to say though is that the Hanbalis, they consider it to be an obligation. The vast majority of the scholars consider it to be a sunnah mu'akkada, like the Hanafis, like the Shafi'is or some of the Shafi'is. And then I think I even mentioned that some other scholars, Ibn Taymiyyah, considered it to be an obligation. And then it went to the other extreme where it was not just an obligation, but a condition of the prayer itself. Meaning that the prayer is not valid to be established, except if it's done in jama'ah. If you didn't pray in jama'ah, then you can't even pray. That's a ridiculous position, frankly. Okay? But it was a position of the, uh, the zahiriyyah, those who followed the madhab of, of, of Dawood al-Zahiri, okay? the literalists, and Ibn Hazm who was their most famous follower. So the last position is going to be that it is a recommended sunnah. But I'm saying to you, when we come to that, remove your eyes from the legal position. It's not about whether it's sunnah, recommended sunnah, obligation. Muslims must come. I, I mean, I've made it clear to a lot of people. I do not consider a person a practicing Muslim unless they pray their jama'ah prayer in the, in the masjid. That's my, everyone has a, uh, I mean, the word practicing itself means nothing. Right? It's, a, it's an English phrase, right? Uh, but, but when you say practicing, everyone knows what it means. It means that you know, the next level in the game from just a normal Muslim. And so everyone's going to have their own criteria and who they're going to put in that, in that category. For me, it's always been very clear that congregational prayer is a game changer between the one who uh, is considered a practicing Muslim or not. They, they, they've, they've taken their level to another, you know, because we all know that from the prayers, you know, Dhuhr is all right, Maghrib is easy, whatever, Isha at home, fine. Fajr is difficult whether a person's alone or a person never comes to masjid or not. So when a person gets Fajr on lockdown, they see that as a sense of achievement. And I don't want to denigrate that. That is a sense of achievement. But I don't consider, that's for me a person fulfilling obligations. There's no way I'm going to consider a person who's fulfilling his basic, basic obligations of five prayers a day to be a practicing Muslim. That's got to be something further. That's what we call in Arabic mutadayin, someone who is seen as a religious person. And it's not possible, I mean obviously we laugh and joke about it, but it's not possible for a Muslim to not be a religious person. You know, they have to be religiously practicing. And practicing, like I said, has certain core aspects their attitude to financial transactions, their reaction in a, in a, in a stress scenario outside, their attending the jama'ah. There are a few things that, that just, you know, a person who swears, for example, uses very bad language regularly. There are certain few yani, things that you look for that determine whether a person is seen as a practicing Muslim. So, uh, yes. Jama'ah or a masjid? 
The, the masjid. I'm talking about jama'ah in the masjid at all times. I don't mean jama'ah at home. Jama'ah at home is something which is done for an excuse because you can't get to the masjid. I'm thinking about working scenario for many people. Working scenario is something different. Person yani, who is busy in an obligation is, has his own uh, uh, udhar, uh, own excuse. So, uh, uh, so the, uh, Sheikh Uthaymeen, of course, uh, humbly, the kingdom, uh, the, the madhab of the kingdom of Saudiya, his humbly, uh, the, in general, when it comes to the Salah, they got it right. Yani the Saudi Arabia, they got many things wrong in the deen, but when it comes to Salah, they got that one right. They do tell the people to close the shops down. They do make it yani, strict. And yes, it's lax in places like Jeddah and Riyadh and whatever, but in certain places of Riyadh, it's like Mecca and Medina. You will see people panicking in the shops. You know, they'll kick you out. Even in the middle of a sale, they'll say, oh, we don't care, come back. And that's the Yani because they know that there's, there's the the the, 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 the what's it called? The... Um, Religious authorities, they're going around checking and so on and so forth. So that's a good thing, uh, the, the, you know, to encourage people to go and pray in the masjid. It's very important. Now, this is being said, this, this chapter is being taught by Sheikh Uthameen from the angle that it is obligatory to go and intend, attend the, the jama'ah. But when we say that, when we explain it in a book of fiqh like he is, you say that the salah is obligatory to pray in obligation. It's not obligatory to pray in, ob- to, to pray in jama'ah for it to be a prayer. I want to make that very clear. People have got to know the difference between the two. That it's obligatory to pray in a masjid versus it's obligatory to pray in jama'ah. Does that make sense? Sure? Yes? We've got to be, be, be clear on that. Okay. So, once we've now accepted that, once you've made a differentiation, then you know now the discussion is going to be, do you need to intend something extra? Now that we've known that the condition, that the, the, the jama'ah is not part of the prayer itself, it's an additional aspect, then do you need to uh, 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 intend additional aspects of the prayer? And that's what the Hanbalis say. They say, absolutely, you must. So for the imam, if he wants to be an imam, he not only does he have to intend the prayer that he's praying, but he has to intend to be an imam as well, a second intention. And for the one who's following, not only does he have to make the intention coming here that he's praying Isha, but he has to make the intention that he's praying behind the imam. And I think the pak one does that, isn't it? Yeah? It's the imam kapiche, isn't it? Right? They bring that phrase in very intentionally to make it clear that I am a follower. What's the imam's intention? That's what I was thinking. I was just thinking. Imam <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> You know, I'll tell you something really amazing about this. You know, we had this whole discussion about the cultural background and why people, all of the people from all over the world, they all have this taught to them. I said, kids, it doesn't matter whether you're an Arab or Somali or a Pak or a Bengali, you're all taught your version of the Niyya to say it. And we, we said that's bid'ah, we said it's not needed, we've spent our time on that. I can't remember if there's one that's taught to Imams. And if there isn't one that's taught to Imams, that goes only to prove 100% my theory. Remember what my theory was? That the spoken niyyah was a tool for the masses, remember? I said it was to aid them and to help them. So if I'm right that the imam has not got a formal phrase that he learns, then he himself then knows better than most that I don't need to say it, because he doesn't. And he leaves everyone else, but he tells everyone else this is what you need to say. That just goes to prove my point, that the spoken niyyah is an innovative act brought in with the best of intentions to help people to articulate their mind when it comes to the prayer. And if you're a scholar and an imam, then you know, what the heck are you doing? You should know that anyway. You should be in control anyway. There is no verbal. You know and I know that, you know, the, the big scholar saying to the small scholar, we both know that there's no intention game here, but just tell the people there is. 
Or maybe there is one and it's just me, Imam Bandol, yani, whatever. No, but when you hear the Imam, <coughs> when you hear the Imam in the Masjid, often he's saying. The, Do you? No, you, you hear him say the niyat for the people. Right. He'll say the niyat for the people and then he'll crack on with the breath. You mean he'll say Allahu Akbar? No, no. Well, he'll, say he'll, 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 he'll tell the people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. It seems like that's, that's him doing his job. That's what he does. You ever hear him say, oh, Allahu yeah, no, but I mean, they don't expect, he doesn't, no one, no scholar actually expects the others also to say the niya out loud either. But he's telling them because it's random niya, it's like an Eid prayer niya, you know, because it's a mission, yeah, because it's got takbirs and wajibs and God knows what, yeah? So people need a bit of holding by the hand there. But my point is, is that I don't think I've ever seen an imam make a niya, unless it's some pack who's leading the prayer, then you see them, you know. They're there, they're you know, doing their knee or whatever. Then they go, Allah Akbar, and then everyone goes, Allah Akbar. You know he's not the regular imam, right? Anyway, so, um, what does Sheikh, and, 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 and what's their uh, uh, evidence? They said, إِنَّمَ الْعَمَلُ بِالنِّيَاتِ That every action is by intention. So if you don't intend the action, then you're not going to get the uh, reward. What does Sheikh Uthameen say about this humbly position? He says, well, what we can say, there's absolutely no doubt that if he doesn't make the intention, then he's not going to get the reward. So definitely he should do it to get the reward. Right? Because we've got to separate between two points here. To be an imam is a very highly respected, rewarded position. And to be a follower in a jama'ah is a highly rewarded 27 times act. Alright? So there's two things here. The reward of the position that you are, the follower or the imam, and whether your prayer is valid or not. Whether your prayer as an imam leading the prayer without the intention of being an imam... Is that a valid prayer or not? And likewise the follower. So we want to separate between the two. And Sheikh Uthameen does that excellently. He goes straight away. He goes, well, let's just agree on one thing. If the imam wants the reward of being an imam, he has to have the intention of being an imam. And if the follower wants the reward of being in this jama'ah, then he has to have the intention of not just Salatul Isha, but that I'm a follower as well. Right? So we can agree on that. What we really need to discuss, as Sheikh Uthameen says, is, لَكِنْ هَلْ هُوَ شَرْطٌ لِسِحَّةِ الصَّلَاةِ is it a condition for the prayer to be valid or not? Okay? Now, the author has made it clear. Absolutely it is. For the prayer to be valid, he has to have that additional niya. And if the imam doesn't do that, or the ma'moom, the follower doesn't do that, then فَصَلَاتُهُمَا بَاطِلًا Then their prayer is invalid. Their prayer is invalid. And that is the position of the Hanbalis. However, Sheikh Uthameen says, in this issue there's a difference of opinion. I want to explain that as follows. He goes, if we create a number of scenarios, then we, can, then we can understand the ruling on each individual one. Okay? So the first scenario, a suratul ula. If an imam, <clears throat> he intends that he's a follower, and the follower intends that he's an imam, this is scenario number one, then this is not... Uh, valid and because the actions of the imam are not the actions of the ma'moom so both prayers are invalid so they pray together but they've got yani, opposite yani, uh, uh, niya alright the prayer is invalid we have to go through these ridiculous scenarios okay so just be with it yeah the second scenario both of them intends that they are the imam of the other okay and this is also invalid because again it is contradictory it's not possible to an imam to be at the same time a follower. Alright? لا يمكن أن يكون الإمام في نفس الوقت مأمومًا. Asura الثالثة. The third scenario. Both of them make the intention that they are followers of the other. 
And that's also both prayers are invalid because it's not possible for them to be uh, uh, followers both at the same time. Where's the imam? Fa'ina imam, Sheikh said. Yeah, second one. Both imams. Both imams. How? Who's the imam? It's not three. Don't make it complicated. (laughs) (laughs) We're dealing with two people only. Pray one really imam of the other one. Obviously, someone's going to say Allah and the other one has to go. So they're both just doing it at the same time. Maybe. Who stood where? Who stood where? Don't judge that, by the way. I've seen people who are bearded Muslims, you know, which you'd assume person who's knowledgeable at some level of the deen, stand on the left hand side, yani, thinking that's where, uh, where you follow, for example. Yani, I've been there and I'm having to grab them, you know, and turn them around. So, you know, it happens. It might be hypothetical, but let's just go through the, through the you know, whatever. Al-Rabi'ah, the, the fourth scenario. The follower, in, the follower intends he's a follower. The imam does not intend that he's an imam. Okay? This is a very common scenario, by the way. This is the normal scenario that, that us packs call the Arab scenario. Okay, Pax will never do this. They'd rather get shot in the head than do this. But they see everyone else doing it and they say, oh, Arabi Logia, no problem. What is this? This is a scenario when you go to a masjid and you're praying your sunnah by yourself and some random Arab comes and stands next to you and he goes, Allahu Akbar. It has to be an Arab because a Pax will never ever do that because the Hanafis don't recognize this at all. Right? And Arabs generally very relaxed on that. That's the cultural expression. The fiqh thing is something quite different. The fiqh thing is actually this, this scenario. What's happened here is that the imam, who is a munfaridi, praying alone, he himself is just praying alone. Sah? He's just praying a sunnah. Or maybe he's praying his obligatory prayer. But he wants to be left alone. Sah? And then the next guy comes, and he says, this is an opportunity for jama'ah. So just tap some, you know, a little tap on the shoulder. I'm just joining you in the prayer. And then he, ca- he carries on. Now, two things can happen here. There are a number of things that can happen here. We're going to investigate this. That guy just ignore, ignores him. That's basically me. I virtually ignore every single person who comes and does that. Teach him a lesson. Right? Don't come and just yeah, and tap me up and say, you know, and disturb my, 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 my moment because I'm in my moment. You know what I'm saying? And that's tough. And he wants to, and you know what it is? Obviously, there are people who are stuck in between. There are some people who say, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll help you out. And they do all the full tech videos with them and everything. I do all the actions and I don't raise my voice a tiny bit. Let's teach him a lesson. And then you've got those that, I've seen the people who are weak. And they kind of go, Allah Akbar. <laughs> you know, like as if, I'm kind of going to lead you, but I'm not really going to lead you because I'm not even sure what I'm doing right here. Yeah. So, that's exactly that scenario. I'm not going to take the intention of the imam. And he's very clearly made the intention, I'm following this imam, whether he likes it or not. He's forcing me to become an imam. I want you to understand that. Okay? It's like a person forcing... I think I told you this why. one of my favorite. Uh, you know, we're going to come to this discussion when it comes to Jama'ah, but in congregational prayer, if you are in a line, sorry, if the line, you come to the masjid and there's only one line, صح? it's full. And there are a number of scholars that consider, of course, the hadith that say that you must not stand alone in a line. Yani that it means that you can't ever stand alone in a line. So you've come late and the line's all full. So now you come and stand, the correct position, you stand alone because you had no choice. But a person, you know, for example, there's plenty of space and he stands alone, that's impermissible. You've got to fill the gaps, you've got to fill the front line. So what do people do? Again, not a packed thing, Arab thing. 
because packs would not touch another person in the prayer because they know that's completely haram. <laughs> yeah? They don't do that whole thing. But Arabs are easy with that behavior. So what they do, and they won't just give you a little tap. They'll pull you back. You know what I'm saying? They'll be like, you come down here, brother, and show some love and join me in a, in a, in a duo so that I'm not praying alone. It's a logical solution to a disaster scenario that they're seeing. Can't pray alone. They don't realize you, completely, you can completely pray alone. As long as you came late and legitimate and you know, the gaps are full. And that's what I just want to make whilst I'm here. That's why the Prophet said the best of you are those with the softer shoulders. Because when you sense that someone has come, then people should jiggle about and make space. All right, to allow a person to come in. But sometimes it's not possible. Sometimes people, you know, there's chairs involved. And that's another reason why chairs are a bit are hardcore. Okay, and we've got to get rid of them before we turn our mosques into churches. So, because that's what it's like now, pews, isn't it? On one side, pews on the other side. Anyway. So, it's true. Well, like, we need to remember to sit down again. Yeah, on the floor. Anyway. So, if you can't make space and get someone in, then that person's fine. But as, you, as I said, this is a very, very common practice. And it's not new. This used to happen even at the earlier times. And the most famous narration that we have is Sayyidina Ali radiallahu an was... And remember, of course, the other th- crazy thing is, is that you know it's sunnah to stand right behind the imam. When you are the first person in a new line, you don't go to the left, you don't go to the right, you stand behind the imam. Yes? And you build. You build the line. So then right and then left and then right and then left. And you don't go like that. You just keep going like this until a line is formed. Right. But you start here. Now if you start here, who are the people in front of you? But the best of the people. Because the Prophet ﷺ said, let the best of you, the most knowledgeable of you, the most yani, senior of you, be close to me. And that's how it always used to be. When the Prophet ﷺ would lead a bucket behind him, Umar behind him, the big guys behind him. Yani, leadership, fiqh, take over the salah in uh, a problematic scenario, correct the imam with hifz. Yani, the big guys. So, yani, it might make sense if you're in some random place and you've got some chumchas behind the imam who don't know, don't care, and you're pulling that guy back. But you're now pulling back the big guys. So there was a jama'ah at the time of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu an, and I don't know who's leading Ali, because if, if someone is leading Ali, then that's something special. Ali was in the first line. And he gets the old tap on the shoulder to come back. So it was a little tug, and it was a movement. Yani, ain't moving. And my man behind obviously doesn't know whether that's, yani, I didn't, he didn't get it, or he's not coming, or whatever it is. So he went for a second round. And then he went for the third round, and Ali in the salah turned around and slapped him right across his face. In the salah. One time, bam. And then went back to his position, took it, and carried on the salah. Sick guy. You know what I'm saying? Now, a person mustn't be disturbed in their prayer. What's all this business about people coming and I'm praying next to you, I'm doing this? Leave the guy alone. You get what I'm saying? Do you get him? Right. No, it's a whole different game. You know, when a person comes in and he's looking for another person, so he turns around, looks around, Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar, Allah. That's just completely different. That's a person indi- indi- intending to lead, looking for another person, making indication. That person should do more than that, by the way. That's also lazy as well. If I'm that person, I'm going to the wudu area. I always go to the wudu area. And I say, are you, are you praying? Are you, are you leaving? Are you whatever? And then either I wait or I'll say, okay, I'm going to start, join. You know, especially like in air, uh, airports. Right, in airports, I would always go in, look around, I look at the wudu area, I'll wait if I see something happening, look at the time, make a judgment call, or whatever. And also, I want to say something also very important. The rulings, when it comes to jama'ah and their issues, they do differ from location to location. 
So, for example, one of the reasons why I also have this opinion is because I do not support a second jama'ah in a masjid. This is a classical difference of opinion as well. So the majority allow it, and the minority don't. Some of the companions, Jabir, for example, uh, Imam Shafi'i, for example, their madhab is, is that there is no second jama'ah in a masjid. In a masjid. A jami'ah masjid. Main obvious reasons. You decrease the, the, the focus on the jama'ah. You make people lazy. Everyone knows that, ah, oh, I can come late, there'll be someone leading. You know, there's that mentality. That mentality that we used to have when we were at uni, or when we were at the workplace. We can go anytime, we can hook up a jama'ah. That is fine in a uni mosque, on a rost- uh, in a musalla, in the mall, in the airport. Because the culture of that place is that people are doing hundreds of jama'at and it's not really a focus. But in this mosque here, I don't want that. I want people to know that Sheikh Abdul Ghaffar is the only imam. He must be respected as an imam. If you're going to come late and think you're going to start, don't even bother coming. That's a disrespected imam, disrespected institution of the jama'ah, etc., etc., etc. That's, the, thi- that's the, th- the fiqh behind it. Of course, the majority have the very famous hadith, but we'll, we'll, you know, uh, we don't want to get into that. So now, uh, uh, when you're adding these things together, then you're establishing another jama'ah in a masjid, whatever. But where a person is in a musalla or an airport, then that's the expected thing anyway. That would be very unreasonable. Even I would consider it to be very unreasonable that you're praying in a, in a travel in a, in, a, in, a, in a thingy and you go and slap the guy and you know. That would be bad news. You know what I'm saying? You know, the people who pull out from the first line. Yeah. What's the argument for that? How do you justify the line not being complete then? Not it's not complete. It's ridiculous. The whole, the whole fiqh behind it is ridiculous. It's created a problem. You've moved that person on a false premise in the first place, a misunderstanding of the hadith. You are not allowed to stand alone intentionally. But when the line is full, you stand alone, no problem. And not only are you standing alone, but there's a high possibility someone else is going to come and you won't be standing alone anyway. I mean, there's no basis for it whatsoever. Plus what you just said, you're creating a whole issue, a gap, and everyone's going to have to move. A whole line... Is going to have to move. You know, either everyone's going to have to move in or the whole everyone's going to have to take a step. The step is not the, the issue, it's the, the headache that you're creating. Yeah? Because there could be a legitimate reason for people all moving as well. That's not the main issue. The main issue is the fact that they've misapplied the hadith in the first place. Yeah? Um, so, in this scenario number four, the imam does not interest it, the guy has the intention to lead, uh, to, to follow though. What happens here? Sheikh says, the Followers' salah is not, it's not Sheikh said, sorry, the, um, the author, the Hanbalis, in this position, okay, they said that the followers' prayer is invalid, and the guy who was the imam is valid, because he hasn't changed anything, he's carried on as he is, he hasn't done nothing, but the guy who made the intention that I'm a follower, who is he following? Because he's got no imam. So his prayer is invalid, according to the author. So, uh, and that's the position of the madhab. And Sheikh Uthameen makes a nice point at the bottom of uh, two, uh, 305. You have it? What does he, what does he say? What is the, what, what is, what's, he, what's he trying to say of that last line? What does that mean? Wahuwa min. Penultimate, yani three lines up from the bottom. Yeah, what does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? Kamafil insaf. What does that mean? What do you think that means? Who else has a text yani, in front of them? Or Mesa, if you've got the Arabic yani, there, or anyone online, Rehan. What does that mean? What do you think? What does it mean? Huh? 
Yeah, yeah, but what does that, what does that sentence mean? What does the sentence... Okay, مثال, يعني, he gives an example of a person يعني, who does this and he says that the imam's prayer is going to be okay, but the one who comes afterwards, he has not, his prayer is not going to be valid because he didn't even have an imam to lead him, so how is he a follower? This is the position of the madhab. هَذَا الْمَذْهَبْ وَهُوَ مِنَ الْمُفْرَدَاتِ كَمَا هُوَ فِي الْإِنصَافِ Okay, what does that mean? Linguistically it's easy, but what does that, what that phrase mean? 305. I'm only 10 more seconds. I don't want to waste too long. I just want to just make sure that you're just sharp on your phrases of fiqh. Guess, guess. No, guess. That is the only opinion. Oh, what does that mean? Only opinion? That there's no different opinion. No. Anyone else? Referring to a book or saying that to hold it just No, 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 no. Correct. Well done, Baisa. It is one of the positions unique to the madhab. Well done. Okay, that's exactly what it means. That there are certain things, remember we said in, in fiqh, that is only held by certain scholars or certain schools. The others all disagree. And no, normally, fiqh is very, very flexible. You'll always have some support. You'll always have an, uh, you know, one of the, the imams in the Maliki madhab or even the Maliki madhab with you or whatever. So one of the famous mufradat of the Hanbali madhab are, is the... The what? Yeah, what, 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 give me an example of one of them, famous one. We've covered, I think, three or four. Wudu. Which one? Bismillah. Bismillah, another one. Having said Bismillah and Wudu, another one. The most famous one. The one that we don't apply when we go Umrah and we go to Babel and eat camel burgers, as I do with my group every time. Wudu after the camel meat. Okay, that's from the Mufradat of the Madhab as well. Okay. So uh, this is another mufrada. This is a unique position. In al-mufradat, this phrase is important. You'll see that phrase used with all the madahib. When you're reviewing all the madahib, we'll come across a Hanafi position. We'll say this is al-ahnaf. This is from the unique positions of the Hanafi school in deference to all of the other schools. Okay. Anyway, just want you to know that. And the clue is insaf. Insaf, yani itself is of course the key reference book, yani of the Hanbalis, and it really follows, it shows a lot of the Hanbali positions themselves. The second position in this... So, Sheikh, the, the unique position for them, yes. like, you know, a person who's following, yes. is Salah Batil. Batil, yes, Batil, okay. Um, Batil means that the, 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 the Niyah was not there, and you have to pray again, Batil, okay. So, it's, it's heavy Baza, that's heavy, heavy Baza, all right. So, the second position is that it is actually... Correct for that person to not correct valid for that person to follow another one. Does that make sense? Even though the other Imam did not have the intention to be an Imam and this one had the intention of being a Ma'mum, his prayer is still valid. Is that clear? And this is um, also noted in, in Al Insaf. And what did they base this upon? What did they base this upon? Anyone have a want to have a shout before I tell them the hadith? No. Of why it would be valid for a person who wanted to be a follower for their prayer to be valid, even if the imam didn't intend to be an imam. Yeah. Yeah. But he was leading. We're saying a person who does not make intention to lead, and the one who follows wants to be a follower. Yeah, but I'm saying Abu Bakr was leading. Abu Bakr was the Imam of the Jama'ah. But then, didn't 
what happened when Prophet Sun joined to follow Abu Bakr. Abu Bakr sat back and then he followed. That's not uh, correct, and that's going to come later. But it's not what we're talking about now. We are talking about a person who has no intention to lead, not leading. Okay. And then a second person comes and stands behind them, and they have the intention to follow. Nice, nice thinking. Good. What about the hadith of Abu Bakr like when he did the three acts of Surah because he didn't intend that the Surah told him that you get reward for this distance? That's going to come as well in a minute. We'll get that in a minute, there in a minute. The main hadith that you should be thinking of is the hadith of Ramadan. The Prophet, of course, you know the concept of Qiyamul Layl, okay? Qiyamul Layl and the concept of Taraweeh, this congregational prayer, it was legislated in a very unique fashion. Okay, the Prophet ﷺ, when he came out in Ramadan uh, on one particular night, and he was he praying by himself, So the people, they saw him, and they all gathered around him, and they followed him in the prayer. He did not intend to lead the people in Qiyamul Layl in Ramadan. You know what I'm saying? He had not intended that. He was praying by himself. All the companions prayed, prayed behind him. Their prayer was fine. The Prophet did not say to them afterwards that what did you do, blah, blah, nothing. Okay? He did not and was not aware of them coming or being part of the game or whatever. Then, and, but he carried on. On the second night, he did the same. On the third night, he did the same. And as in the Hadith in Bukhari, what happened on the fourth night? He didn't come out. Why did he not come out? He came out the night after and he said, I didn't want to make this an obligation upon you. Very good hadith, very clear evidence. This hadith proves to us a number of things. Number one, Qiyamul Layl is a sunnah, not an obligation when it comes to Ramadan. Okay, we make that point all the time, isn't it? We see all the masses come out for Taraweeh prayer. We're saying to them, why is it that you show so much love for a, tarawih, for a sunnah prayer? You don't come to the obligatory prayer, even in Ramadan, let alone outside. And that's one of the evidences that shows that sunnah it is a sunnah. He himself, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, said, I didn't want to make it obligatory upon you. So it's not obligatory, all right? But the real evidence for us here is the fact that everyone came and prayed behind the imam without the Prophet ﷺ intending to be an imam. Get it? And their prayer is all authentic, uh, valid and not, no one's mentioned anything. And this is the position of Imam Malik. Okay? This was his primary istidlal. And Shaykh Uthameen says, وَهُوَ asah," And that is the correct position in the matter. And this is the class position as well. And this is the position actually of the majority of scholars today now. Okay? Uh, in, in general. That a person uh, has achieved this. And Shaykh says, ولأن المقصود هو المتابعة وقد حصلت وفي هذه الحال يكون الإمام مثواب للجماعة ولا يكون الإمام. He, he says, listen, ultimately, this person is not like he wants to change the prayer or anything. He just wants to follow another guy in the prayer. He wants the reward of the jama'ah and he will get that reward. Okay? But the Imam is going to get nothing. He said the Imam is going to get nothing because the Imam did not intend to lead the prayer. So how can he then suddenly get the reward? Okay? Um, so, لِأَنَّ الْمَأْمُومَ نَوَى فَكَانَ لَهُ مَا نَوَى وَالْإِمَامَ لَمْ يَنْوِي فَلَا يَحْصُلْ لَهُ مَا لَمْ يَنْوِي So the, the follower will get what he intended and the guy who was leading, he didn't get in, 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 what he intended because he didn't get the, the, the reward of the imam because he never intended being an imam. End of story. The fifth scenario, Surah Al-Khamisa, أَنْ يَنْوِيَ الْإِمَامَ دُونَ الْمَأْمُومَ So the imam intends to be an imam but the guy behind doesn't intend to be a follower. Okay? Like a person جَاءَ إِلَى جَنْبَ رَجُلْ وَكَبَّرْ فَظَنَّ الْأَوَّلْ أَنَّهُ يُرِيدْ أَنْ يَأْتَمَّ بِهِ 
classic scenario. Man's praying by himself, probably a tight masjid, not much space. Guy comes, stands right next to him, because there's no space. He's praying by himself, he goes, Allahu Akbar, my man then thinks, oh, Johnny here wants to lead, yani wants to pray with me. So because he's standing next to him, so he carries on the whole prayer, you know, you know, whatever. And maybe this guy maybe is there, thereabouts in the movements as well. Let's just make it easy and say that he's kind of, you know, timing it the same. So the whole prayer, he carries on thinking he was an imam. And this one, he either didn't even bother noticing, or he was like, you know, oh, that's a bit weird. We were just doing everything at the same time. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? So we've got two scenarios there. Um, <laughs> so what happens... فَهُنَا لَا يَحْصُلْ ثُوَابَ الْجِمَعَةَ لَا لِلْإِمَامِ وَلَا لِلْمَأْمُومِ He goes, in this scenario, none of them get any reward. Okay? No. Technically. Not accepted, No, no, reward. Oh, okay. Reward. Okay? So that's why we're giving the fifth scenario. This is now not about acceptance. Okay? So this, uh, uh, the, first one, the, the first one, he didn't get imam position, not, did nothing. Yes? And the other guy... Uh, uh, he didn't get. He didn't intend to be f- uh, f- uh, f- a follower in a jama'ah anyway, so he doesn't get a reward uh, uh, either. وَلَوْ قَالَ قَائِلٌ بِحُصُولِ الثَّوَابِ لِلْإِمَامِ فِي هَذِهِ الصُّورَةِ لَمْ يَكُنْ بَعِيدًا. He goes, but you know what? If someone was to say, "Hey man, surely this imam should get something for his efforts," so Sheikh Uthameen says, "You know what? To be honest, that's not thingy. It's not." Um, out of the question, correct. It's not far, in Arabic means not far away. It's not out of the question. There's a good chance of that. Because the Prophet ﷺ said, every action is by its intention and everyone will get what they intended. And the guy got intended, he wanted the reward. He was being a nice guy. صح? When he goes, oh, okay, you can buddy up with me. Yeah, so it just didn't work out. Um, a very important point, if you go back to the, the translation, it says there very clearly, صح? that it is the niyyah of an imam... وَيَجِبُ نِيَّةُ الْإِمَامَ وَالْإِعْتِمَامِ وَكَلَامَ الْمُؤَلَّفِ يَقْتَدِي أَنَّهُ لَا The Shaykh is saying that in all of these scenarios, in all of these scenarios, according to the Hanbalis, none of the prayer is valid in either of them. But what we've seen is that the prayer is valid in the final two or three. The final two. Correct. Good. Yep. In these five scenarios. All right? There is now one five. And there's two of them that are correct. So I want you to know five of them, which scenarios we gave, the first three invalid for everyone, the last two invalid prayers for both of them. We have a sixth scenario. This is a crazy one as well, to be honest. All right? This is when a person follows another one without any intention. So there's a guy who's praying, or an imam who's praying, and someone then follows them without an intention. He goes, this is going to not be about the reward, because he didn't even intend to pray behind him, so he's not getting any reward. But it is possible when it does happen, and I've seen this happen. Okay? This is, for example, when a person prays behind a person that is not correct to pray behind. Okay? So... Um, be a new Muslim? Or... Yeah, so not new Muslim, but someone who's non-Muslim, for example. Or someone who does not have wudu. Or someone who has no ghusl. Or, uh, uh, or he does it out of shame. Or trying to blag it. That's not 
that's the most common scenario. People yani, just trying to make out, make it clear to other people that I'm praying. Kids, yani, mashallah, very good at this. So they just stand, yani, they have no actual intention, right? But they just want to make it clear that, oh, you know, I went with the jama'ah, whatever, whatnot. Like yani, every, every pack kid you've seen in Taraweeh, they leg it out after second rak'ah, they come back around 18th if they've timed it right, right? And then they've timed it right. <laughs> It's like, yeah, Nadim's like, I'm better. <laughs> so they get back for 18th, 19th. And the way they leg it into the prayer, there's no intention for the jama'ah or anything like that. It's like, just quickly leg it in, just stand, they make it look like I've been praying here all this time. Yeah, that's what Sheikh says, out of shame. Haya'an, yani, they, 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 they do it. Okay? Or for example, person, uh, an adult, normal person, but he doesn't, he's coming to the masjid and he's standing in the line. I tell you, I've seen this. Meaning, person came and admitted to me afterwards, okay, that they realize at that moment that they've not got wudu. But they know that if they now, even the prayer is not slide, by the way, but it's like the final stage. If we're about to say Allah, but the qama is going, lines are all solid, slow qama, so there's no like, you know, mistaking. Everyone knows that everyone's getting ready. If a person now leaves that line, the only reason they're leaving that line is because he doesn't have wudu, and everyone knows it. And people don't like to, others, others to know that. Because there's always there the possibility that, you know, the obvious thing that he didn't make wudu is not the obvious interpretation. You're making the thing that he just passed wind or something, right there and then. You know what I'm saying? You're going for the worst possible interpretation, and he's assuming the worst possible interpretation, even though he's just miskin, didn't forgot to make wudu. You know what I'm saying? So how, what do people do? They go, Allah Akbar, they join. They don't want the best thing to be done. So they will pray that prayer behind the imam without any intention of being follower, without even having an authentic prayer. That happens. Now that's the scenario that is being described in scenario 6, because technically it exists. I just want to add that this is completely haram as well. All right? Regardless of the fact about the validity of the prayer, the act is a major sin. It is completely impermissible to pray when you know that you are not fulfilling the conditions. Like it's haram. It's playing around with the deen. Alright, okay. So, right. So this is the first part of moving into uh, uh, different uh, varying intentions and intentions moving around and so on. Um, then, sorry. Now, this, sorry, big, 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 big pardon. The author is now going to talk about various changes in intention. Okay. So, the first one. وَإِن نَوَى الْمُنْفَرِدُ الْإِئْتِمَامِ لَمْ If a person who's praying by himself suddenly intends to become a follower, the prayer is not valid. The prayer is not valid. For example, a person starts his prayer by himself and then a jama'ah arrives, okay, and they pray in jama'ah. And so he then changes his intention from praying alone to following the imam who has just arrived, his prayer is invalid. Does that make sense? According to the Hanbalis. So, you're in the masjid, and it might be a good deal, you're praying in the front line. Okay? This actually happens a lot in airports, to be honest. Because you're in the front, and when you know it empties out, and a group of people come, they will go to the front as well, isn't it? And they will pray around you. So they'll line up to you, line up to you, whatever, whatnot. Here, you can't, according to them, you can't just suddenly change from my intention of praying alone to now I'm with this masjid, with now I'm with the imam. Okay? That's according to... Let me just finish that. So, لِأَنَّهُ Because he 
has changed, made an intention to be a follower in the middle of the prayer. In the middle of the prayer. And we know that intention has to be done at the very latest when? Ma'atahrima, right at the, with the Allahu Akbar, at the very latest, either a little bit before, at the very latest with the takbir. Once you've started, you can't change the intention, okay, according to this position. Because the niyyah, فَتَبَعَضَتْ النِّيَّةِ The niyyah has become now in portions, parts. It's now been divided, becoming into portions. And in, uh, for the first time around, you were praying alone, and then the second phase, you've now, you know, You've become like a follower, and your second phase. I'm like an offside rule now. Yeah? <laughs> so so it, your prayer has become invalidated. Just like a person who would change from praying dhuhr to asr. Or asr, and then he realizes I haven't prayed dhuhr, and then he says, let me make this intention of dhuhr. We covered that last week, isn't it? Invalid. So Happy with that, yes? All right. This is position of the humbly madhab. The second statement, or the second opinion in this issue it is valid. And this is an actual riwayah from Imam Ahmad himself. There is a narration from Imam Ahmad that he allows this. So the one that becomes like the one who's praying alone, Al-Munfarid, he becomes, he follows, he makes intention for Al-I'timam, he makes intention for following, it will be a accepted. Why? Because Al-Ikhtilaf huna fi sifatin min sifatin niyyah. Yani the difference is not a fundamental difference. It's not like I'm changing from Zuhr to Asr or Asr to this or from, I don't know, whatever. He, this is just a, a difference in the attribute, in the expression. I wrote actually, what did I? Yeah, I thought about how to translate this. It's not a change in the niyyah, but rather an expression of that niyyah. Does it make sense? Yeah? It's not a change in the actual intention of what you wanted to do. It's rather an exp- a change in the expression of what you intended to do. You still wanted to pray that prayer, but you want to now, instead of expressing it alone, you want to express it as part of a jama'ah that has just occurred. Does that make sense? That is the statement of Imam Ahmed. Okay? It is not a change in the actual niyyah itself, therefore it is permissible. That's the position of Sheikh Uthameen that he adopts. It's also our class position as well. And there are a number of evidences for this that we want to discuss in detail. Very good discussion. Yes. Yeah, but would that only work if you were in the first rakah? Because obviously, if you're in like the third rakah. Excellent. 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 Excellent question. He's going to ask that exact question in exactly one minute. He's going to ask that. Um, what's the evidence, first of all, for this? The evidence for this that is going to be used is that it has been established in the Sunnah of the Prophet. The validity of a person changing from being a person praying alone to a person becoming a imam. As we're going to come and discuss. I mean, I'll tell you straight away. It's a hadith of Ibn Abbas. Everyone knows it's a hadith. Prophet ﷺ was praying the tahajjud prayer by himself alone. And then Abdullah ibn Abbas woke up and he joined him. You know the famous hadith? Stood by his left hand side because he didn't know where to stand. See, people don't know. Okay. And the Prophet ﷺ in the prayer took him by the ear and he moved him around to the right hand side and carried on. Imam Muhammad ﷺ praying alone changed his intention to become an imam in the middle of the prayer. Correct? Correct? Nothing changed afterwards, whatever, whatnot. That's the, that's the hadith they're referring to. Obviously, we've got some problems. This was a nafal prayer. Yes? This is a, and that was a jama'ah, the one that we're talking about scenario is a jama'ah fard. The evidence is in a nafal, correct? What's the other problem? 
That's not the problem. That is a different scenario. We're talking about the, a, prayer, prayer, a person praying alone becoming a follower. In that example, it was a person praying alone becoming a imam. So there's going to be some criticism that's going to come. But anyway, we're comfortable with it. We're going to defend it in a second. But that's the evidence we're going to use. Okay? So, so basically this hadith indicates that these little changes, they do not affect the actual niyyah. Whether you suddenly become an imam or become a, yani a follower, it doesn't actually affect the original niyyah. He goes, and if it is possible for a person praying alone to suddenly change and become an imam, then you know what? There's no reason why it's not possible, which is a much more senior position, serious position, bigger position, then why would there be a problem with a person who's praying alone to become a follower? Yeah? So that's, that's that part that's being d- dealt with. We've still got to deal with the other issue in a minute. Okay? وَلَا غَايَةً مَا هُنَالِكَ Anyway, now as has been mentioned, what if someone says, according to the position that this is actually okay to do, which is our position, a person has already prayed some of his prayer. Okay? So, you're praying Zuhr in the Jama'ah. You've prayed two raka'ah already by yourself. Then the people come in to pray. What are they going to pray? How many raka'ah? What are we arguing? We're arguing that this guy is allowed to change his intention from a singular to a follower. If he does that, what will he end up praying? Six. six. Is it permissible to pray six raka'ah for dhuhr? No. So, Sheikh says, what if someone now says to you that, okay, what are you going to do? Would he sit on the second raka'ah? So, that's all the kind of you know, behavior we're going to have to get involved with. If you allow this kind of behavior... Let me read out to you word for word what Sheikh Uthameen says. Then let's, let's see whether, what you think about that. He says, he says, Al-Jawab, Yajlis wala yutabi'u al-imam. Now this is difficult. I'll be honest with you, I'm not even sure yani, which one he's going for here. But this is my interpretation. I'm going to translate and you see what you think he's, he's trying to say. He will sit now sit, yajlis by the way, does not just mean, it means jalisa means sit. But yajlis also means he remains. He stops. He doesn't get involved. You know when we just say, you sit right there. You know, you know it's a phrase, isn't it? A colloquial phrase that you just, just calm your beans. You just, you know, you just stay where you are. That's what it means, isn't it? Yeah. So either that's what he means, or he means he physically sits. But I'm going to explain that. But he, and he does not follow the imam. Because if he was to follow the imam, it would become necessary then, or it would lead to him praying six. And that is not permissible. So, so, fa, so, he sits, فَيَجْلِسُ وَيَنْتَظِرَ الْإِمَامُ وَيُسَلِّمُ مَعَهُ وَإِنْ شَاءَ نَوَى الْإِنْفِرَادِ وَسَلَّمَ فَهُوَ بِالْخِيَارِ So Shaykh is, is explaining two different options. He's saying that he's got both options open to him. And it's not immediately clear what he is trying to, what the two options are. But I think what he's trying to say is that either, in my mind, he ignores him, which is exactly what I would do, and it's my class position. 
that he ignores. That this, the situation is messy. It's going to involve something which is going to be out of the ordinary. And so you know what? You just carry on with your prayer and end of. Okay? Or he carries on where he is and sits and doesn't follow the imam. And he waits. Like what we have in Salatul, which prayer do we have this in? Salatul Khawf. In the fear prayer, in the time of war. And he waits for the imam to catch up. And he does not give salams until the imam gives salams and he gives the salam of the imam. So what he's done here is that he's kind of piggybacked onto the jama'ah and he's kind of ignored their internal structure, but he's given salam with them at the end. And that's the position of Sheikh Uthameen. He's saying that he can do that or he can just carry on. I have to say I'm not comfortable with that, even though, the, 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 frankly, we do have some... Uh, 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 evidence from the sunnah that it's possible for a scenario where people but that's a very specific scenario right the whole idea is is that when the imam is in a situation of war and the enemy is in front and we can't allow the situation to be where everyone's praying at the same time we need the guys to defend us so we leave those guys there and the first group goes and pray with the imam the imam prays if it's a, it's a two rak'ah prayer it will be and the imam will pray the first rak'ah and the other, we'll all pray the first rak'ah together and then I'll stand up and I'm just going to be quiet now the imam. I'll just stand and I'll wait. And these guys behind me, they will finish off that, that second rak'ah by themselves. They will fatah, I read the surah, do ruku, sujood, salam. And they'll go, I'm still standing. Then the second lot will come and they will then stand behind me. Once I know that they're now started Allah, but I can hear them, I now start my fatiha, my second rak'ah. And these guys behind me, what they will do is that they will join me with that whole thing. But when I sit down for tashahud, they will all stand up, complete their second rak'ah. And me, I will wait for them. And then when we're all sitting down, I've given them five minutes and we're all sitting in tashahud, I will give salam, they will give salam for me. So the first group started with me, the second group ended with me. They both catch the jama'ah. That's one of the authentic versions of Salatul Khawf. Right? So it's almost like he's kind of taken a little bit from there, the idea that you could join an imam for the salam, even though you didn't join him at the right time. And he, but I'm going to say I'm not comfortable with that. I, my point is, is that you know, you're creating a situation, you're kind of using that as an example, but it's not the same scenario in principple. The Prophet ﷺ clearly said, The imam has been placed to be followed, you're not following him in structure or anything, this is going to come up again in a minute. And... It's not necessary. That's the whole point here. That you are praying by yourself. You don't. It's not obligatory for you to, yani, you know, to change. If you want, wallah, for me, much better that you break your prayer and start again with the new. And that's something which is permissible. That's something which is permissible. A person just break off that prayer, say right, end of to that prayer, and join with this one. And that, yani, that fulfills all conditions. Remember we said you're not allowed to break an obligatory prayer just for the sake of, you know, whatever, unless it's a really compelling reason or you're moving to something better. This would be something better. And that's it. Is that clear, everybody? Yeah? So it's not a... I mean, it's not clear, actually. It's a difficult situation, but that's the class position. But I want you to be aware of Sheikh Uthameen. He himself is also saying, you're up to you, what do you want to do? So he, even he's not throwing his hat into one ring. Does anyone else mention that you can leave the prayer before the Yes. Leading, uh, leaving the, uh, from this scenario here, you mean? Any scenario at all. So in this scenario, have, has he left the prayer? 
How, how is it applicable here? Because what you're saying is going to come up in a page or two. But I'm just trying to understand how you understood that from, from this. No, he leaves the prayer because he's not joined them. There's two scenarios here. I think, I think, that's what well, I said. You, Unless you, I said something different. Yeah, I said either he continues with his own, own salah, and then he gives salams when he wants, he leaves when he wants, he's praying by himself, you know. Yeah, yeah that's separate. That's right? fine. He's with them now. now the second scenario is that he carries on yeah. with them, and he sits down when his four are done. So he's now not following the imam. That's my problem. Yeah, that's a big problem. Yeah. I've never heard anyone say this. So, except for people speaking on behalf of Yeah, so actually, odd. yeah, it is odd. And this is not the odd version because this is quite rare. There's a much more common version and that's when a person comes to pray Maghrib behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and that's going to come. And we're going to discuss it in there. In, 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 yeah, we're going to discuss it now. I don't think any madhab. No, it is. You'll be surprised. Yeah. You'll be surprised. You're ah. And you should get told off. Yeah. I am very much against this op- opinion. But it has it been Taymiyyah behind it. It has, uh, it has some names. Let's look, we'll, we'll cover it. Cover it in a few minutes. Yep. The other scenario is that you carry on your prayer and you just wait until they get to the... Uh, they're, they're about to give their salam and just... Salam That's my understanding of what this text says. Yeah. It's not clear. Yeah. It's not clear. It's the, you know, it doesn't explain it very well, to be honest. The one scenario you've got that way... Join them, and then you're sitting and they're continuing their prayer. Yep. Causing huge disruption for everyone. Yep. What's he doing? What's he doing? Is he okay? Yeah. I'm not down with that behavior. Yeah. And whereas the other scenario you're saying is that you continue your prayer, yep. but don't exit your prayer until they exit their prayer. No. no. Okay, no. Because how are you going to do the second one without being the same as the first? In fact, you've just described the same. No. You, you, you carry in your prayer. Yeah. Or you can't, you can't beat them. Yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same. Yeah. There, 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 there are only two scenarios that can be: is a person who carries on nothing to do with them, yeah. or he is with them. No, but okay. So let's just say you're unless, and like I said, I'm telling you now, I'm making a judgment call myself from the translation. Unless you can see another interpretation yeah. of what he's saying. So if you're on your third rakat, you stop, whilst you're praying alone, whilst you're praying alone, yeah, you stop there. And so there now, you I, stop there yeah. in whilst praying alone. Yeah, on your right. Third now they they they've started their salah, yeah, and they get to your third rakat, and you now joined with them. Now you're on the same power as them. You've still broken it. You're, you're not, not broken. Hard, you yeah. stopped it. You're, 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 In fact, that what you just said yeah. is exactly what he says. Yeah. So not what Bob just said, he goes that he's prayed two. He's yeah. prayed two. Yeah. All right. Actually, that I think what Bob just said is what he's saying. Yajlis wala yutab al imam. All right. What does that mean? So he. Now we're going to assume this guy's prayed two rakah by himself. So Zuhar again. He's prayed two rakah Zuhar. He hasn't actually stood up for the third. He hasn't stood up. But he's done two rakah. He's in Atahiyatulillah. And he's seen all the people now gathered together. Allahu Akbar. And now he's thinking, okay, I've got a bonus here. I've got an opportunity to join this jama'ah. Right? He says, Sheikh says, I mean, this is how it could be interpreted. He sits and he doesn't follow the imam. Because if he was to follow the imam, then he's going to end up praying six and that's not permissible. So he sits and he waits for the imam and he gives salams with him. That's basically what you just said. So it'd be that third scenario where you pause your prayer. You pause your prayer. Wait for them to catch wait you. Wait for them to catch you. And then you join them. What did I say then? 
Yeah, yeah Manchester United said there was what two positions. So what's the actual difference between the two? Because when he says the pause, the pause here is that he's now. The pause is only because he wants them to. The pause. It's impossible that Sheikh Uthameen is saying that this guy ends up praying two and they end up praying four. The, it, that's impossible. The pause here is to make sure the numbers match up. So then there's no difference between what you said and what I said. You said it for four pause raka'ah. Yeah. pause at the end until he comes to Which is why he said Jadlis. So, 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 so explain, my, explain to me, one of you, explain to me my scenario so that I'm clear. Okay. So we thought that you meant that. Once the Jama'ah has begun. Once the Jama'ah has begun there, and I pray too. And then you carry on reading your two, but you do not give salam until the Imam gives salam. Right. So I'm saying, and, I, and that's exactly what I did say. Yeah. So meaning, I will stand up because the Imam's come in, and now it's his first two, and my third and fourth. Yeah. And now at third and fourth, I'm going to stay seated, yeah. and they get back up for two. Okay, and I'm going to wait and then I'm going to give salams. Isn't it That's what I did say. Yes. Now, Bob said, you stay and you stay seated. I'm saying, how is that going to be possible? Because you've not started with them yet. Okay. You're sitting yep. in your own prayer. And, wait, let, and, let, them pray, and let them pray two rakah. Okay, and then you're going to stand up with them. But that's my point. You're still going to have to join them for some part of the prayer. So all we've done is change the order of which way you did. Done. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. So, so yeah. So, so, so correct. So, correct. So, this is the same. Uh, well, Bob, it's the same because what, what, what was the difference? The difference was that, that I stood up for the first two in my scenario, and in the second scenario, I stood up for the second two. But, 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 but I didn't do salam without the imam. Well, no, the difference is you stopped following the imam. In both of them. No, in the first scenario, you never even started following the imam. You were just sitting there waiting. Yes. Yeah. But then I'm going to stand up with him, aren't I? So, okay, you join him in his spirit. Yeah. Spirit. So I'm going to, yeah. And then as soon as you join him, yep. you keep doing what he does. Correct. And you never disobey what he does. Yeah. But, 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 but what was I doing in the, 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 for the first two rakah? Well, no, you're in your own prayer. You've not joined him yet. <gasps> well, what, what, no, what I have. I'll tell you why I have. Because you're waiting. Yeah. Otherwise, it'd be mental. I'd stand up and pray my own thingy. But the, the fact that I decide to stay seated yeah. means Where that I started there. Huh? You're allowed to stay seated in your own. And it's less disruptive in a sense. No, no, let's forget, let's forget disruption, whatever, whatnot. Let's just, let's just clarify, to my mind, the two scenarios that we've just described are the same thing, but just different positioning. So your intention is you want to join him in his third. You've not actually joined him yet. Yes. I'm going to join him yep. once he reaches my stage. Okay. And so for two whole raka'ah, I'm going to have to wait. Which is not permissible. Which is joint. It's not. It's not. It's, it, yeah. Which is. Which is. Which is definitely joint. Because waiting here is a decision that has only been taken because you joined the prayer. Yes. Because if you hadn't, you'd stand up and pray your two rakah. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? I can tell you now. By the way, it's not permissible for a person just to stay seated in the prayer doing nothing. It's not permissible. Like straight up, not permissible. Because he's staying sujood, not even sujood, not even rukua, not, not in any position. It's not permissible to change. Any aspect of the prayer outside of its natural boundaries. The Prophet ﷺ would make everything in Qadr. All interpreted that everything was yani, in a long time, in a long time period. His first one was like that as well. His ruku was like that as well. So you there's, 
Right. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, the, the rhythm can change as long as everything is maintained the same. So if you're going to do a long prayer, everything is long. If you're going to do short, everything is short. You shouldn't do a little bit of variance is okay, but not significant ones. Because sitting in tashahud for two full raka'ah is a significant change. But anyway, we're moving out of something. I don't want to get into all of that because that's, that's, that's for later. Huh? You can't even pause. You are significantly changing the prayer. And that's why I said that Sheikh Uthameen is like, you know, if you want to do that, fine. And if not, then just carry on with your own prayer and just move up, move out. I'm saying for me, whether you join the first two or the other two, this whole sitting around thing is weird. Like, you know, you said, or you said that, you know, if a person is, uh, uh, comes and he prays, and you said, yeah, and then suddenly sits down, everyone's going to be freaking out, so what the hell's going on? Mm-hmm. It's not a million miles different from the people who are seeing this guy just sitting there, not ending the prayer, not beginning the prayer, not moving the prayer, they're thinking, what's he doing? And then suddenly he joins us for the last two, they're going to be freaked out the same. Less so. Uh, less so, but it's still freaked out. Yeah? So that's why I reckon Allah knows best. Best that a person carries on his own prayer. And that's certainly what I would be doing, will be doing, would only ever think of doing. Obviously, the key, the key point being that if you've got, gone one rakat into your salah. Yes. One unit into your Correct. Prayer. Now, let's just say ideal scenario, you've just said Allahu Akbar, you're still in Fatiha, and bonus, they all arrive. Job's an easy one, isn't it? You just, you're in Fatiha anyway. You just join them, and no one knows any different, and you've got your full prayer in and bam. Yeah. Question. What if you're on the side in there? Yeah, so that's a, that's a really good one, right? What about if there's a significant difference in space and line? You know what I'm saying? Yeah? What do you do? I'm sure the Sheikh Yani mentioned... No, he didn't. Okay, he didn't. But I want to say that I remember studying this a while, well, many years ago, and um, the, di- the scholars are different statements. I want to say to you that this, I think, would be a valid prayer. Meaning you stay where you are. You wouldn't be doing the whole kind of, you know, madkhidi kind of walk six miles yeah, and whilst you're praying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> what are you hanging for, bro? What are you hanging for? for? Astaghfirullah al-Azim. Look at that guy. Nazif's the whole Giovanni came out there. So the whole Disbury Masjid, the pain just came out in all one, one move. Anyway, that's Ambrose tales, that is. Ambrose, um, Yanni record. Anyway, Yanni, you would not walk in the prayer that far. Okay? You'd stay where you are. And uh, i tell you why. Because uh, a number of scholars, they consider that the line, and it's not it's not right position, but they consider the jama'ah to be okay if you can see the back line. All right? The actual position is that it should be continuous. But whenever you have a fiqh difference and you go upon an accepted opinion that's khilaf, then we never say that that thing becomes invalid, invalid, because that's a big statement. So I think it's possible that a person who's at the back and he, you know, he just joins and he gives salam with the imam, I think he'll get the reward. Allah knows best. Okay, Allah knows best. Um, so let's just get to that point I was mentioning. Um, the next scenario is al-intiqal min infirad ila imam. What does he say? Yeah, yeah. If you allow this, it becomes desirable. If you, say it again. If this is allowed, yeah, you should do it. If it is a, because it's a jama'ah involved, yeah, of course. You should. Yeah, yeah. If it's allowed, yeah, yeah. I don't want to. I'm never going to go out and say it's haram to do. I want to look at this and say that it breaks all of the ethics and the other basic rules of the prayer. I wouldn't do it, and I would maintain the position of just 
uh, 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 you know. And again, the answer is easier in scenarios and more difficult in others. So for example, if you said that, what's the ruling in this masjid of doing that? I'd say not to do it at all. You get what I'm saying? There's no reason for that to be allowed in a masjid to be creating that second scenario. Whereas if you say to me, hey, can you give me the academic ruling on this to be applied in any scenario like in a airport and so on and so forth, the, 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 the answer is a big, big difference because people are going in with that intention. People are always expecting people to change. I mean, I've seen people do it. It's, in fact, it's mostly the only time you see people kind of change this whole intention. So we want to keep out of certain places and put it into certain places. Yeah? Okay, people's eyes are all going thingy. So the, the what are you guys doing to me? Are we, are we sucking off now, yeah? People want to early. There's loads of questions on the thing. Like Is there, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Shahid goes, to be honest. <laughs> he, said <something laughs> he said something funny. I like that. Um... Mesa says, what is the legal definitions of a sunnah mu'akkada versus a sunnah mustahabba? We did cover that in uh, 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 somewhere. <laughs> yeah, And that was in the section where we described the difference between sunnah and mustahab. I want to say that Sheikh Uthameen said that there's direct evidences to make something to be a sunnah mu'akkad. Direct evidences, whereas mustahab is based upon generalities. But I want you to go and do some research yourself with the notes, okay? Um, if the intention is not spoken aloud and for example people meet in a masjid but are not known to one another and they do not communicate that they're both strangers to the masjid and they assume that the other is leading they sincerely believe they followed why would that invalidate their salah? it's a good point isn't it? get, get, get what you're saying? two people have no idea about the other person no idea about the identities you know they just random meet in a masjid and you know they just line up they don't say anything to each other no one says anything. And one yani says Allah Akbar, the other one says Allah Akbar next to them. They just thought it's the norm. You know, that's, by the way, not so strange what she's saying. You know, when you come into a masjid, you're always assuming certain things. You're assuming a basic level of knowledge because a person's praying in a masjid. And you're looking at the prayer time and you're thinking, well, obviously, yani, what else would I stand next to you for unless you wanted me to lead? Whereas another person, the other one, is completely on a different planet. Like not even thinking at all about leading or this or that, whatever. So why would the prayer be invalidated? Okay, why would the prayer be invalidated? I have to say that I think she has a point. Well, it's because the Hanbalis are putting so much... So much the Hanbalis yani, are checking yeah. out the window, but that's not her point. Yeah. That's What scenario was that for us? Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, uh, three, yeah, correct. So they're assuming that the other is leading. Each one of the other is leading. But somebody has to say Not really. Remember, every phrase that's said in a salah is to help the other person, by the way. So who's, who's going to make the first move to go into the hall? But I mean, obviously, we're talking about a crazy scenario, aren't we? <laughs> so we just have to guess. At this. <laughs> we, just, we just have to assume that it's this whole thing's gone belly up from the beginning, and you know, everyone is just waiting on the other, and I don't know, everyone. Uh, you just never know. The, person, the one who's joined, he's following, so obviously, he's going to do afterwards. No, this is a scenario where, where they think they're the imam. Yeah, so the person comes and joins. No, no, they've come out of that perfect synergy. They both come and stood next to each other. Packs are like that, by the way. People, no, not just packs. It's unfair even to. Uh, it's even you know. It's that it's that it's that classic scenario. You know, you've seen that picture 
I'm sure you've all seen that picture because it's the so truest and the most yani, irritating picture of all time. Massive empty car park, you park alone, the plum comes and parks right next to you. <laughs> it happens. Now people do that for a reason. They believe that obviously it's more secure for their car when cars are a bunch together. That's the reason they do it, which is super irritating because I intentionally go and find empty space so I can wide door, no stress, you know, have to breathe in, mission, all the rest of it, yeah? <laughs> so I go, I will intentionally park further away as long as I've got wider spaces. So some plump, plump comes and he parks next to me when he could park anywhere else. That freaks you out. So insan actually has this in their DNA to do this. So why would the Muslims come and randomly in a masjid stand together? You've seen that, by the way. You've definitely seen people come both. Yeah, and it could be that they both stand together. One says, you know what? I'll be an imam for you. Be an imam for me. They both. If they come together, they would want one to give karma, isn't it? No, karma is sunnah, and it's not obligatory. It's not. No, that's, that's the least of the issues. That's the least of the issues. Yeah. Are valid. Six is not a position, is it? Six is a guy who's not even praying. Yeah. The sixth is just mentioned as like a hypothetical scenario. That's the one where I said a guy, he, does not even, he doesn't even have a wudu. Yeah. Um, in our, Fuad says, in our hospital scenario, in our hospital prayer room, I should have been looking at the screen more, but you guys might. Anyway, this scenario took place. <laughs> I've come in to pray Maghrib. There's no brothers around. So I thought I can't do jama'ah alone. The sisters at the back then asked me, are you going to do jama'ah? I didn't know whether or not I'm allowed to be the imam alone whilst the sisters follow me. In this scenario, in scenario, it's the correct way of going about it. So that's okay. That's, that's permissible, by the way. Just so for the, for the future, a person can need women and they're at the back and thing. As long as it's not a, a single woman. If there's a group of women, then they pray behind, man prays behind himself. That's permissible. So the interesting point with that is that if he didn't know the sisters are there and he's starting. Yes. Yeah. So that's a good good example of him not intending to lead them. Yes. And uh, whereas they 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 would they would, they would, they, would, they, would they, they would hear it and they would think yeah. yeah and uh, very common as well yeah. by the way very common. Yeah. In in the um, like prayer area for our university, the girls' prayer room is completely separate to the boys. So when there's a jamaat going on, they will put the microphone on for the girls not knowing <clears throat> if any girls are actually like that. Uh huh. Good. That's also a good example. They put the microphone on, like, yeah, and they're not knowing if there's anyone there. But in the off chance that there is, then join. And in the off chance that someone comes later, then you join. So that person who's leading the prayer is not even having that, you know. Yeah, that's good. You said uh, as long as there's not one girl, but more than one. Uh, I may say it wasn't Ennis, it was uh, 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 Abdullah ibn Abbas. We're going to come to that, yeah. Who joined the Prophet at night, yeah. Uh, you said as long as there's not one girl behind you praying, more than one. Yeah, because that's khalwa. You shouldn't be any, in a scenario where there's just two... I'm not talking about wife or mother or anything. Yeah, but, you, but intentionally, right? But like for example, this is a sister, or just give the example of a university, for example. The person yeah, if it's separate rooms or separate areas, maybe that's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe there's some space for that. Um, Dina has gone right off yani, at a right angle. Are vitamins or medicines that come in gelatin capsules permissible to take? Most times... The source of gelatin isn't specified in the box. I'm, 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 I'm not very clear on gelatin scenario myself. I used to, for the longest time, uh, think istihala was, was, was solid, that the, sol- the change of state changed it completely. But for the last one or two years, I've come to understand that actually there's quite a significant remainder of not just genetic material, but maybe even chemical as well. Uh, uh, and that the istihala is not complete. 
and that, that the gelatin can be traced back and you are able to see its porcine and bovine and its sources quite clearly. That has put me in doubt on this issue. And so from, from, I don't say it's haram and I don't say that it's not allowed and especially where there's a reason such as vitamins and medicines where it's difficult to find an alternative. Not that difficult. You can always get capsules and liquid. But let's say that it is a difficult one. Antibiotics, for example, which don't come as tablets most of the time. And they are capsule-based. They are gelatin-based. And there are a number of scholars that say, no, there is a complete chemical transformation from the original animal uh, gelatinous uh, cartilage or, 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 or substance. And now what is used in the capsule is a new chemical product entirely. In fact, I would probably even say the majority of modern-day scholars believe that opinion. So because of that, I'm never going to say it's haram. But do I take it myself? I avoid it. Unless it's medication which can't be avoided. But, you know, all the yogurts and ice creams and all the rest of it, I, I don't, I've changed my position. I don't take gelatin in that, unless it's vegetarian-based or fish-based. Because you can get fish-based gelatin as well. Istihala is the change of state. Yeah, assisted one or natural one? Assisted, yeah, it's irrelevant. Assisted or natural. The point is, is that I just have got my doubts, and the only way I'm going to get rid of my doubts is not to. I don't listen to people anyway. I'd, I'd have to do my own study and, and check and go back to it at the chemical level. That's going to take some time. I ain't got the time at the moment. So until I confirm that, I stay away from it. But I don't tell other people it's haram. Yeah. Um, okay, that's answered. Answered, bro. Go, go up. Said it's answered. Someone said it's answered. Uh, could he just pray for then wait and sit? And wait until they are done, therefore, and do taslim together. I mean, that's the kind of scenarios you're, you're, you're creating, you see? When you're just, yani, you, just, you pray your four and intend that you're actually in it, but you're not in it. Oh, it's all messy. Yeah? Yeah, done that? Okay. Yeah, Rehan said, I think it's the first one. Yeah, I agree. So we've established that. And Asya says, what would happen if you prayed the entire prayer except for the final time turning of the head? Would you need to choose to whether you lose that prayer at the beginning again or lose the act of being in congregation? Yeah, you'd make that choice, but I wouldn't worry about that. Except for the what, sir? Yeah, uh, you lose the prayer entirely. You just give salam yourself to get out of the, or would you wait? Yeah, her point is, is that imagine you're by yourself and you've prayed the whole prayer and you've seen them start. Should you just sit there and wait for them or you just, yeah, you just walk off? I'm saying, me personally, I would give salam and walk off. You can pray with them as a sunnah anyway, can't you? What would that make your prayer then? Your last one is your fard, and then you pray with them as an You mean you'd pray and then join them again? Join them and not join the enough. No, no, join them again, meaning you'd yes. finish your own. Yeah, 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 yeah of course. Uh, of course, no doubt about that. If you completed your prayer and then joined them, that's the perfect, that's even more better than what I said. Why would you ever ruin your own prayer? Yeah, correct. That's what I would look at it as. I would want to continue my prayer and either go, or if I'm feeling generous like you, then, you know... Pick up a second one. What Shahid said, I just got to say what Shahid said because it really made me laugh. He goes, I, can, I concur. Both scenarios are all convoluted. If I, just, if I saw that, I'd just think someone was doing some Shia behavior if I didn't. It's true though. You'd be thinking, what? You know, this is some dodgy behavior going on. This is like, you know, you know and it, does, it does exist out there. You know what I'm saying? It is not accepted... It is not accepted to have a long pause calling the adhan. So it makes sense to not have an extended pause in salah. Good. Correct. And danger too mentally as well. That is correct. Um, why wouldn't the guy who had done two raka'ah and hasn't come up yet, then sees a jama'ah starting, just end his prayer there, consider it a nafil, and then start with him in the jama'ah, which is what you said. And that's, that's what they should do. That's what we said two weeks ago. Remember? That's what we said two weeks ago. He cuts it at two because he had an intention of four, makes it a nafal and join. 
but this is a scenario where he doesn't want to cut and he wants to try and convert. All right. This is, as Sheikh Uthameen said, we are now in the sub-section of converting. We are in the convert. If you look in English, you see convert, convert, convert. We are in the subsection of converting one's niyyah. When is that acceptable and when not acceptable? The, the, the difference here is that that was you prayed your fard and then joined for a nafal. I think she's saying that you you then change your attention to a nafal and then join for the fard. No, that's uh, Mesa saying you had fard. You're praying fard. You change intention to a nafal. Cut out. Join the fard. What we said a couple of weeks ago, exactly the same. Hamza then says, what is a man meant to do while sitting, waiting for the others to catch up in prayer? Is he just meant to stay silent? Won't that affect khushu'? And this is a very important, we'll end with this one. Um, and that is that never is silence better than dhikr in the salah. And the silence is, a very, is very common in the prayer. Like the imam is still reciting. And the imam is the shahud is super long. Or you finish, and then you're waiting for him to give to salim and you don't know what's going on. You never sit there silently. You make dua, you say adhkar, you keep yani, to the jins, the genre of of adhkar that fit in the prayer quran dua that you know especially if it's a place of dua like sajda or at the end of the prayer where you're meant to make lots of dua anyway you run out repeat your duas but you don't stay silent so in this scenario when you're sitting waiting for the imam to catch you up you'd repeat thing um there were some one or two questions here that were just uh, yeah yeah um, i was going to say so the motivation for you know maybe pausing it's not it's not obligation it's it's reward right that's the motivation yeah so, say for example, you um, you wanted to you wanted to pray in Jamaat. Yeah. You started, and then somebody came. Yeah. You would, in theory, get the intention for it. That's what Sheikh Uthameen, you know, men- mentioned at the end, and I agree. I think that you'd get that. Yeah. Sheikh, with regards to the what we said the class with, you said about the intention of the Imam being an Imam and the Jamaat itself. Yes. So, what was the, what was the class position on that? That uh, that it is not a condition. So because, you know, if we... Look me, uh, no, the class position is, is that there are scenarios where it, it, it is important, other scenarios where it doesn't affect. Some scenarios, yeah, and if a person doesn't have the intention in a correct place, then it invalidates the prayer. So the, the definition of the niyyah you mentioned a few weeks before is the determination, uh, it's an act of worship, yep. determination to, for act of worship to get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes. So that determination, that will, the person is standing there, is automatically there for being an imam. Or the salah. When he started and he wasn't? No, no. When he wants to be an imam, he don't need to have a separate intention for the being an imam. So you're now not talking about this at all. You're talking about someone who's got an intention from the beginning. Yes, from the beginning. And you're saying that he's the imam. Yeah, because in the... the You're saying... What you're trying to say is that what is this person's intention anyway if it's not an intention to be an imam? Yes. The argument would be, is that a second intention? Is that part of the first one? Is it, yani, I think it's a second intention. Yes, automatically have two. Or rather, as Sheikh Uthameen says, I think it's an expression of the fundamental intention. The fundamental intention is to pray dhuhr. Yes. The expression of that is that it is going to be as an imam or as a follower. But that would be by Both of these, by the way, are rewarded equally. Theoretically. 27 times reward his increases. Yeah. 27 times the one who follows. Yeah. That every other reward is not, as far as I know, Allah knows best. Every other reward would be more General as opposed to a specific hadith. Meaning that the imams are generally seen as a higher class of people, the people respect them more, people will you know rate them more. You know, it's a more general kind of reward, more social reward as opposed to like a formal reward of Allah. Yani is specifically, but I could be wrong there. Yani that's a judgment call Allah alam. Yeah. It's not a course really, it's a Basically a couple of days ago, um organ donation became um like 
compulsory. Opt in? Yeah, you have to opt out now. Is it England? Yeah. Uh, sorry, opt out? Yeah, you have to opt out now. In England? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. It's not. It was in Wales and always has been in Wales. What's this ruling on it anyway? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I personally think that people should opt out. Until it becomes absolutely clear uh, two, two, two ways. One, Islamically, and two, for them to make all their mistakes and get it out of the system. Just like, you know, why you wouldn't get the new iPhone immediately, you'd wait for it to have firmware done a couple of times up, or any model of a car, or, you know, just common sense. No one gets Windows 10 or 7 immediately, they wait for the beta version, or the whatever the version is, yeah? Likewise, there's going to be a lot of problems with this. This is, you know, great in theory, okay? But... Have they, have they, there's a massive difference between being opt-in and opt-out. Everyone is now game to open up. Where are they going to store everything? Where's the infrastructure? Where's the people? Where's the training? Where's the education? So there's going to be mistakes made. And if we allow it Islamically, which is, the, which is the primary problem, I'm actually talking about the second problem. I'm talking about the infrastructure. If we were to get past the first one, which is to have consensus that it is allowed, right? Which is the primary issue. And I want to say to you that there's difference of opinion and it's a massive area. Because organ donation happens during life, post-life, yeah, death, okay? And it happens to Muslim and non-Muslim. It happens to dependents, non-dependents. It happens with an organ that is essential and that which is non-essential. It happens to an organ that affects life, doesn't affect life. The difference between giving a blood and giving an eye. The difference between giving a lung and giving a kidney. The difference between giving your liver and then having nothing left. Yeah? So there's, there's, all of these have a separate ruling. And that's before life, and then apply all of those after life. And then apply all of those before life, after life to the person who's a recipient, whether they're family or friend. And then apply all of that to whether the person's a Muslim. So you have individual 30, 40 different individual rulings that need to be given. And some scholars have given their rulings, but it, and the fiqh bodies as well. In my heart of hearts, I, I support the idea, and I think it's permissible fundamentally for virtually all of it. Yeah? For virtually all of them because of the need, because of the science, whatever. But I have to say to you that my critical self, my more cynical self, um, likes the idea that you let people die if their time's to die. Okay. But that's a bit weird. Well, you know what it is? A lot of people, you know, that's not, it's not politically correct, is it? Yeah. What's the difference between that and euthanasia nowadays? It's like super really wrong. We're now living in an ultra-liberal time where that would be... And if you look at it, Miskina, this uh, previous Canadian Miskina, yes? Right? Um, president or whatever she was, or prime minister. She said today that... Uh, 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 well, it's such an amazing statement. She said, I can't understand how women who sit in like a bra or in a t-shirt with their arms showing, reading the news, can be taken seriously. They're sitting next to a person who's all, you know, a guy who's suit, not just shirt, but suited, tied, everything. And the girl's there sitting in a dress. And she said that when a woman exposes her arms, she wants people to focus on her skin. That wasn't her words. Her words were like, if a person exposes their skin, surely they know that people are going to focus on the skin. Whereas when you focus on the guy, you don't focus on his clothes because there's no skin to focus on, so you listen to the message. So her words were that women, how can women newsreaders expect to be taken seriously or seen as intellectual if they expose so much skin? She's being ripped apart, bro. Ripped apart. Now, obviously, if a Muslim had said that, it would be ripped apart and jailed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But she's not being you know, threatened with jail or illegal, but she's being destroyed by the liberals. All right? Now, 
that's the kind of mentality we're living in. It's the most common sense thing ever, in human history ever. The people who designed the bloody dresses have said that that's the reason they flip and put people in dresses so people can focus on that, right? And increase, increase sex appeal and blah, blah, blah. So it's just nonsensical what a stupid world we live in at the moment. So in such an environment, okay, uh, you know, having opinions that medicine is not obligatory, turn off the life support machine, don't worry about ventilation, the, the ventilator, which is all my opinion. I don't think medicine is obligatory. I think people should be allowed to die. I think there's far too many people in the world anyway. I think it's good that we have things. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. A person's yani, he's fine, he's got a hole in the heart. It's his time to go. Not bloody go around yeah, everywhere, look for a heart, look for a heart, look for a heart. Bloody, you know, spend 20 years looking for a heart at one million pound cost. Make the, 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 we do the transplant, the guy, and he's drunk when he's doing it, and he cuts it and he dies anyway. Asah? <laughs> yeah? <laughs> you know? Or kidney, this, that, whatever, bloody, blah. I mean, the whole thing's out of control. I'm just saying, you know what? The, so, that's my personal position. I don't want to apply that onto the fiqh. The fiqh of it is that some people did say that medicine is obligatory. If there is a good chance, you should take by all the reasons. If there is a chance of saving a person, then we should blah, blah, blah. So, okay. But it's, you know, against it is the physical uh, use on the body. Most of them say the hadith of mutilation makes it clear. You're not allowed to touch it. We'll say, no, this is not mutilation. Mutilation is an intention and a desire to humiliate and a desire to score points. Whereas never has anyone, when they're doing organ transplantation, ever had that intention. Scalpel use, very specific, very minimal, etc., etc., etc. But for people who are in the business, we know that yani, uh, uh, if everyone's all opt out and you've got loads of options and people are probably you know, not being as careful as they were when it was opt in, right? I- I'd put that theory out there. If you're a surgeon who's doing all these kind of actions, whatever, and you've got endless supply versus when you know you've only got your one chance of this guy. You know, there's, I just want, the, I want it to develop. I want it to, you know, I want, it, I want people to get used to getting mistakes out, get some ethics, get the code, get, a, you know, all that going solid before we dive in. So it's not so much about halal haram. I think that Muslims definitely need to opt out. Okay, even though I think in essence it's permissible. We need to allow it to get to, you know, a proper safe position. All right, folks. Congratulations, Ajmal. Zakallah khair. Thanks from myself and from my wife and from my kids that you have extended my life. That I'm not going to, yani, become... Uh, 100 kilos in the next year, thingy. No more food, I repeat. No chocolates, no sweets, no celebrations, nothing. Nothing. They're banned. Fruit? Not fruit. <laughs> Fruit's full of sugar. Is that? No ajwa, nothing. Take your ajwa, enjoy it. No temptations. Definitely no Tim Hortons. Poor quality Tim Hortons. No coffee. Hot chocolate maybe on that day. <laughs> nothing. No hints. Nothing. Zakmullah khair. Subhanakallahu. Bihamdika. Shadu Allah. Ilaha ilaha. Astaghfirullahumma wa atubu ilayk. Thank you very much. I like that. 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 I